0: A racing car set! A racing car set! Listen, you don't want that. Those are assembled in Taiwan by kids like you. And these Coleman pigs, they sell it for triple the cost. But
1: I want a racing car set. Oh, don't you see, kid? You're being bamboozled. These capitalist fat cats are inflating the profit margin and reducing your total number of toys. Hey, this guy! Where'd a nice little boy like you learn such a bad word like that, huh?
0: Call me! Call me! Treat it to our country! (laughs) Well, I don't wanna be a secondary character
1: Friends, pals. Hello. Hey. What's going on? Not a lot. Not a lot. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And this is Bid Will AKA. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our favourite show ever, Seinfeld. And uh, this week, Stephen, we're going to season six, episode ten, the race. That's right. You want to race? I
2: choose not to race.
1: I choose not to run. I choose not to run. That's <laughs> oh, right. Oh, man. Fucked it's like, it up. It's like the most trademark line of the episode, and you fucked it. That's true. <laughs> oh, well. It's I'll tough. get all the fuck-ups out of the way first. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Why not? If you want to get in touch with us, if you haven't already, hello if you have, com is our website and we're on the socials at B I D W B A S C. And Stephen, what's our email address?
2: Uh podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you want to review us, rate us, or just spread the word, that would be amazing. Pretty cool, huh? Yes. <laughs> awesome. So before we do
1: get into the episode, uh, we usually do Seinfeld news. So, uh, Stephen, I, I think there's been a quite a bit of uh, Seinfeld news this week. There has quite a bit of a few interesting ones. I think Jerry was at the Grammys and uh, something to do with a puppy. Yep. And then uh, JL bit of a snub. Yeah. And then JLD found a nice little message on one the back of her one of her picture frames. Yeah. You got that one too. I do. Yeah. Cool. So shall we just uh, dive straight in and start the race? Sounds good. On your marks. Get set.
2: So, as I have hinted at before, uh, Jerry got snubbed through the week. He did? Well, snubbed in the past, but Mm -hmm. it came to light through the week. Yes. So, through the week, Twitter user Honoured Spirit uh, tweeted a story about once meeting Matthew Broderick with his daughter. Ah. He was... Maybe he still is a fan of Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I know he so. A He's a cool guy. Yeah, they were in uh, Montauk, which is sort of in upstate New York somewhere. Okay, yep. And uh, they spied Matthew Broderick eating at a restaurant, and they went up to him and uh, they got a photo with him uh, and his daughter. Um, and Matthew Broderick wa- Broderick was in a fr- was with a friend. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> they asked him to step aside. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't completely out of the photo. And apparently, uh, I think he said to his mate who took the photo. Um. Oh, it's okay. We can just crop him out later. Uh-huh. They took the photo. Yeah. And then uh, they showed it to whoever else they were with later in the day, and it turns out that the person that they were trying to get out of the photo was Jerry Seinfeld. Oh man. Yeah. So he got uh, snubbed. That would be like the
1: perfect modern Seinfeld episode. Yeah. If they brought it back. That would be one of them. Jerry would base an episode on him getting cropped yeah. out of a yeah <laughs> of a photo.
2: Mm. I could see that happening. That's a pretty interesting idea, actually. Like, if Seinfeld ever did come back, it wouldn't, but just no. pretending it would. I wonder if Seinfeld would be in the show would be as big as Seinfeld is now. I don't think so. Or you know, a bigger comedian than what he was in the nineties. Or maybe it'd be like you know, the Will and
1: Grace revival. Mm. You know, it's still a bit popular, but not as groundbreaking as yeah. the original
2: show. Yeah, yeah. I never watched Will and Grace. Yeah, I watched it a bit in the nineties, but yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Yeah, it's different. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, oh, poor Jerry got snubbed. It is. Yikes. Yeah. So I'll read the tweet quickly, uh, which summarizes the story. It says, A few years ago, a friend of mine took his family out to Montauk on vacation and had stopped at a little store to get snacks. And who do they see but the star of stage and scream, Matthew Broderick. And they take the picture and go back to the car. All big grins to the rest of the family, who all shout in unison, What is wrong with you? Jerry Seinfeld is uh, seen standing off to the side in the photo. (laughs) And I'll put a a link in our show notes Ah, uh, of the photo. Nice. And Jerry's just politely standing off in the, in, the, in, the, in the sort of background on the side yeah you know minding his own business <laughs> it's so funny it's such and a good photo
1: that's good and do you know what that reminds me of mm. it reminds
2: me of that episode where George photo bombs Krieger's family's yeah. photo yeah like George is just like ominous in the background <laughs> yeah Jerry spent the rest of the you know whatever they were doing up there the time to try and airbrush him out yeah nice he didn't want to ruin that family's photo of course not <laughs> <laughs> no definitely not so another cool ish Twitter story Uh, JLD, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Much loved, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. She was recently going through her late father, who died, I think, in 2016. Mm -hmm. Some of his belongings, when she came across a little surprise from uh, some old Seinfeld fans from the 90s, originals, OG fans. The OG. Yeah, so on Twitter through the week, she actually said, uh, and there's a photo accompanying this too, and we'll put up the show notes, uh, a link. Uh, she said today I've been going through family photos from my dear dad RIP organizing them taking them out of frames etc look what I found in the back of a framer message from the framers at Mount Kisco NY I'm assuming New York from Mm -hmm. 1993 fun right yeah and uh, in the back of this photo when she took the frame off it says Elaine rules we heart like a love heart Julia we love Julia that's cool yeah really cool really cool surprise yeah yeah, so we'll put a link up to both of those pictures. Uh, they're both really cool. That would have been very nice. I'm yeah. sure she would have
1: been, considering what she's gone through. Definitely. You know, good on you, JLD. That would have been a nice little memento. That's Or right. a nice little thing. Yeah. You know, in reference to her time on the show.
2: That's it. Mm. Yeah. So, more on JLD, actually. Uh, so, it's been a bit, uh, given the fact that she was diagnosed with breast cancer last year and she's been going through chemo, uh, chemo um, when she was going to return to Veep was a bit unsure but uh, through the week it was actually revealed that uh, Veep will recommence uh, filming more production in August great uh, and then the final season will be aired next year sometime very good yeah so co-star Matt Walsh uh, spoke to Entertainment Weekly through the week um, and said that uh, JLD has been going through chemotherapy and uh, she's actually been, uh, she's already attending table reads. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Oh, that's good. They've written, I think, four episodes out of, I'm guessing, 10 or 12 yeah. along the series is. Yeah. And they'll, yeah, begin filming in August. Very for, cool. Yeah, very cool.
1: Yeah, I should get started on Veep. Yeah. Yeah, probably by the time I'm at the end, you know, they would have
2: filmed It'll line season up. six. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Isn't it season seven? Seven? I might be seven. Yeah. 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 yeah lot of episodes. The final season. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and to wrap up this week's Seinfeld news, uh, last week or over the weekend was the Grammys. That's right. Yeah, the unfortunate, terrible Grammys.
1: Yeah, the lowest The lowest viewership, I think, in years. I think they had a 24% drop since yeah. last year. Uh, the worst rating since 2009.
2: Uh, it's just so out of touch. Yeah, yeah all these Hollywood and music elite well, they're telling just like, us stuff. They're just it's like not, yeah. They just don't know about what... I don't know. It's They just don't
1: know, they can't relate to the common man.
2: No. 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 And it's a flawed system. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well I mean so individuals vote on individual awards, but all of the members of the Academy uh, sorry, of the whatever the Yeah, the record Association or Industry, yeah, or whatever it is. They yeah. all vote on album of the year. Yeah. It's just it's it's just a dumb system. Anyway. I'd, I'd like to know once we finish recording, I'd like to know more about your views on the Grammys. They suck. They're terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The only good thing about this year was that Kendrick Lamar won. Yeah. Well, he won rap. Yeah. Rap album. Well, he won album of the year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But Bruno Mars, I think, won song. Yeah. Record or. I have nothing
2: against Bruno Mars, but I don't know when it comes to like quality, long-lasting music. Kendrick Lamar versus Bruno Mars. Sorry.
1: Well, at least Kendrick Lamar made it on the uh, hottest one hundred. He made number one with yeah, Humble. Yeah,
2: yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, his album was the best last year. It was yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so during the Grammys, uh, the host James Corden mm. um, was handing uh, it was handing out the award for the best comedy album. Dave Chappelle won uh, deservedly. Um, and as a consolation prize, he actually handed out four consolation puppies to the nominees who didn't win. Yeah. One of those being Jerry Seinfeld. That's right. Uh, and there's a really cool little gif. Um, I think it was posted on Twitter as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, of Jerry and his wife Jessica holding the puppy and just looking absolutely <laughs> elated. Yeah, yeah. As you would. I mean, oh, I'd be rapted. I think it's I couldn't tell what dog it is. I think it's a pug okay. or a french bulldog. Right. It looks like one of those dogs like a little smush-faced dog. Yeah, 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 Really cute. Ah, uh, so yeah. we'll put a link up to that as well. Nice. In the show notes and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Yeah, that was pretty cute with the dog. Yeah, definitely. Summer. That's a pretty good <laughs> consolation prize. Yeah, definitely. I'd almost rather a puppy than a crappy grammy or They're worth more than a grammy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
1: Homer Simpson said it. He <laughs> yeah. goes, "Oh, it's just a grammy." Yeah out the window yeah. and, you know when he's with the like,
2: wow an award Yeah, oh, it's a Grammy oh he yeah that's why right, the kid oh it's a Grammy <laughs> <laughs> right from the head. for some reason the squeaky voice teen is in New York nice. or LA or wherever they are it's oh. like oh it's a Grammy throws it back up and hits Homer in the head there's plenty of squeaky teens <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> see the Simpsons called it years before yeah. <laughs> you know the Grammys
1: became shit yeah
2: <laughs> before they actually meant something well I mean they awarded like a crappy barbershop quartet a Grammy <laughs> in 1986 or whatever it is so. nice yeah Yes, you do. Cool. Cool. So Let's we're talking about the race. Yes, we are. Let's take a bit of a break. We'll come back and talk about some secondary characters. Mm-hmm. And you're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. And uh, Ivan, why don't you take us through a bit of a synopsis of the race this week's episode.
1: Sounds good. Let's go on the running the running blocks. On your marks. Get set. Oh, Kramer's car backfired. <laughs> Jerry, he's reenacting what he did in high school. And he wins the race by 10
2: yards. What's that famous Olympic song that they play like during oh, like, no, that, slow that's, motion? No, that's the Superman theme. No, no, not in the episode. But oh, like chariots of fire, that's the doo, one. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have some chariots of fire.
1: You probably heard just before some chariots of fire style theme music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that in. <laughs> I already put that in. I should say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is yeah yeah post production. Yes. Sort. What? Huh? Yeah. What? Mm. Yeah. So very inspiring race music. Will uh, racing music will. Uh, yep. Be in here, it'll so. make
2: you want to uh, go for a jog while listening to Bidwabask. Exactly. <laughs> We're promoting uh, healthy health, health and fitness, healthy yeah. lifestyle, healthy lifestyles. Yeah, amongst our listeners.
1: And speaking of healthy
2: lifestyles, the race.
1: <laughs> I guess good segue indeed. I don't know. Yeah, season six, episode ten, first aired in the US, December December 15, oh boy, nineteen ninety four, directed by Andy Ackerman and written by. <sighs> Tom Gammel, Max Prost, Larry David, and Sam Cass. saw that. (sighs) I know. Everyone but Seinfeld. Everyone but Jerry, surprisingly, considering this is a Jerry episode. Yeah. So I'm very surprised that Jerry didn't uh, get his fingers in the pie, so to speak, the Seinfeld pie. There you go. Oh, he can't do it all, I guess. No, no. Jerry's excited to be finally dating a woman named Lois, played by Renee Propps. Maybe I will, Lois. Maybe I will. <laughs> He's surprised when he finds out that he work- that she works for his high school adversary, Duncan Meyer, Don McManus. Duncan Meyer. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> he claims that Jerry didn't win a high school race fairly and remains skeptical about his so-called legendary speed. Jerry ascertains that he was indeed a fast runner, but behind his behind Duncan's back says that he won after going off the blocks during a false start, which went unnoticed. <laughs> <laughs> he said on your marks, he said get set, and I just I, I just couldn't move. I just had to go. Yeah. I just went. And no one noticed. <laughs> Something like that. Mm. So good. George finds a copy of The Daily Worker in Elaine's apartment, prompting suspicion that her boyfriend Ned,
2: played by Todd Kimsey, may be a commie. Communist.
1: He's spreading propaganda.
2: I understand you would suspect that he's a communist from reading The Daily Worker. Mm. You know, the thought would enter your mind, but the confirmation is just that he wears olive drab clothing. Yeah. Like, those two things do not make a communist.
1: They don't make a communist. And (laughs) it's like, you know, if someone reads Mein Kampf, you're not a Nazi. No. You just read... You could read it out of interest. Yeah, just out of interest. yeah, Yeah. You might follow, like, right-wing people on Twitter, but it doesn't mean you agree with them. You just want to see how unhinged they are. Yeah, exactly. Same with some extreme lefties. Yeah. You know, same thing. Yeah all the same (laughs) Stephen's like move on move on sorry man (laughs) didn't mean to upset you
2: dude no he didn't upset me
1: (laughs) that's good Ned admits to Elaine that he is indeed a communist Lois quizzes Jerry about cheating in the race Jerry defends his win and Lois believes him Kramer gets ready for a Santa Claus job with Mickey being an elf at Coleman's department store Lois arranges lunch with her Jerry and Duncan at Monk's and suspects that the race will be oh and suspecting rather that the race will be brought up George suggests that he attend monks unannounced pretending he is reunited with Jerry and Duncan after high school to that's defend not bad, Jerry's win not
2: bad it's beautiful that's beautiful clinks uh, Elaine's glass and the water spills everywhere yeah exactly he <laughs> just beautiful.
1: undoes his good moment I just love the moment when George walks in and he goes oh, oh
2: yep oh this is unbelievable yeah no that that's probably my second favorite scene from the whole episode uh, yeah it's, it's so really good. good wow yeah, you well, really went ball there didn't you yeah really went you ball have a really, really thick, thick Full, full head of head hair, of didn't, hair you? didn't you? Yep. Oh, well, you know, you're, you're I lost uh, a hair. You know, when I was about twenty-eight, just after I made my first million. <laughs> what's that hole issue your shoe? Is that canvas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I really. Th- I need to go. My driver's waiting outside. <laughs> so, what's someone like you doing in a crummy little cafe like this? Uh, I just this? need to stay in touch with the people. <laughs> <laughs> he always has an answer, doesn't <laughs> yeah, he, George? Yeah.
1: Always. Silly, <laughs> silly man. <laughs> so, George's secretary Ada, Vicky Lewis, from the episode "The Secretary." Uh, by the way, I don't have notes for Ada. I think when we do the secretary because she's in that one I think we'll talk about her then yep Uh, overhears him receive a call from a communist lady from the daily worker personal's ad Uh, she suspects George of having communist sympathies Steinbrenner is impressed by this and asks George to go to Cuba to get an up-and-coming talented Cuban player something Rodriguez I forgot his name (laughs) for the Yankees Uh, Duncan is still unconvinced about the win during the lunch and challenges Jerry to a rematch with all their high school friends to spectate worrying Jerry who thinks the legend will die (laughs) Kramer's taken by Ned's communist literature, with Mickey believing that this is a bad idea. They both get fired from their job after a kid, Spencer Klein, accuses Kramer of being a communist and spreading propaganda to children. <laughs> like He's a commie. is a commie. Where'd a nice little boy like you learn a bad word like that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so good. Like Elaine previously in the episode, uh, well, like Elaine previously did in the episode of what happened to her uh, Ned's blacklisted from Hop Sing's Chinese restaurant after the you blacklisted me from Hop
2: saying she
1: named names <laughs> after the delivery driver Lou played by Martin Chow sees Elaine in the apartment who they originally blacklisted Jerry and Duncan line up on the street to race and after Kramer's car backfires Jerry sets off and wins the race in the same fashion as he did when he was in high school by a false start that goes unnoticed I love the look on Duncan's face in the
2: slow motion as he's capturing I know. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that
1: mug you got me where it has the race? Yeah. It you know, has Jerry. Well, that at was the, the inspiration line. for doing that yeah. this week. Yeah. If you look, you know, you're talking about Jerry like photobombing a photo. Mm. Duncan photobombs like in the far right hand corner. That's you see true. like the, the look of, I don't have the mug with me, but you see like Duncan's face, the yeah. despair that goes over <laughs> yep. his face when Jerry crosses the line with his arms in triumph, triumphantly raising his arms in victory. And then you see Duncan's face just go all sour, like, uh, I do feel sorry for Duncan. He gets gypped twice. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Duncan in a minute, mm. <laughs> and I guess we can try and you know, convey what his situation is, why he has that grunge. I'm sure you got answers for that. Yeah. Mm. Finally, Jerry and Duncan, uh, well, like I said, Jerry uh, wins the race. Lois asks Jerry if he'll accompany him to Hawaii. Jerry replies, uh, as he looks at the fourth wall and winks, maybe I will, Lois, maybe, maybe I, I, will. I will. George ends up in Cuba and is invited by Fidel Castro, very similar to Steinbrenner in terms of style, to dinner due to his communist leanings.
2: I like uh, Fidel Castro's name uh, line when he says you know or simpatico ah yeah, yeah, muy 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 si, si, si muy, muy, Yeah, si <laughs> simpatico muy muy <laughs> <laughs> George's like muy 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 <laughs>
1: that's a good scene as well it is yeah. uh, other secondaries in this one include Elaine's friend at the department store Arlene she's played by Denise Poirier uh, Eva Svensson or Eva Svenson rather as the he's spreading propaganda kid's mum that's what I call him the yep. he's
2: spreading propaganda
1: kid yep the, uh,
2: the the anti-commie kid.
1: That's it. <laughs> the patriot. Yeah, uh, Mark. The capitalist kid. Indeed. Mark Christopher Lawrence, he plays the department store boss. Get your asses out of here. <laughs> and Claude L. Jones, he plays Nurse yes,
2: Mr. Bevelacqua. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, the gym teacher. It's trivia for the episode, Steve, what do you got? Uh, well, I believe we've got two points between us. Yeah, go for yours. Uh, this is the only episode, what's well, the first and the only episode, where Jerry or anyone in the show breaks the fourth wall.
1: That's right, yeah, when he winks to the camera.
2: That's right. So yeah. right at the end uh, when... Uh, Lois. <laughs> I should know her name.
1: Maybe I do, Lois. Yeah. Maybe I do.
2: Just like in, uh, in Superman. Mm. That's what uh, Superman does uh, at the Lois. end with Lois Lane.
1: There's so many Lois references. And actually, that, that wink to the camera is a reference to the Superman TV show that happened, I think, in the 30s or maybe the 40s or 50s oh. with George Reeves when he played the role. Right. He used to wink at the camera and break the fourth wall okay. quite regularly. Was George Reeves related to Christopher Reeves? No, no. Christopher Reeve. No, Reeves, yeah, uh, Reeve with no S, uh, right. but no relation. No, they just happen to have the same similar name. Okay, yeah, but George Reeves, I think he's from the forties, maybe the fifties. Right, uh, I think. Yeah, and like mm. I said, and uh, yeah, he used to wink at the, at the audience all what the was time. Was that his sign off? That was a sign off. Right after each episode. Okay, yeah, that, that's what it's a reference to. Right. Yes, and there's plenty of Superman references. And did you know, Steve, and I don't know if you noticed this during the episode. Jerry wears red and blue clothes throughout to represent Superman. I didn't notice. Mm. Hmm. He does. Yeah. And you know how, Stephen, you know how uh, you like pausing different parts mm. of scenes and you like analysing them. One thing that stood out for me, you remember how there was Hop Sings Whiteboard with the list of band names? Yep. So, you know, there's Elaine Bennis. Yeah. Two things. the uh, Do Not Deliver list. That's the right, the Do Not yep. Deliver list. Two facts about the whiteboard. Yep. Number one, the other names of people on the blacklist are some of the crew members. So I was wondering, like, what kind of names? I was hoping there were, like, maybe other secondary characters, or yeah, like Newman was on there or something. You know, it'd be like people yeah, like that. I that was like, you would know. I paused it for a good five minutes, and I was looking at the the names. I thought, well, I don't know who these people are. There's Elaine
2: Bennett. I've got the names here, actually. Yeah, you do. You've got You've got Norman you. Brenner, mm-hmm. Darren Henry, Ali Bunch. Yeah. Uh, Elaine Bennis and I couldn't make the rest out yeah but they're all members of
1: the crew huh there you go you're right and another one Stephen you know last week we talked about the sniffing accountant Mm -hmm. there's a reference to the episode you notice the two exclamation points next to Elaine's name
2: uh yeah yeah the sniffing accountant exclamation points okay I'm leaving, but I don't think that's a direct reference to the episode. But it is
1: a subtle reference, yeah, because you know, there's so. exclamation points after Elaine's yeah, name. I guess so. Two exclamation points. I think they're just points. trying to
2: like emphasize her her blacklisting. Yeah. it's like super blacklisting.
1: Yeah, but it is a reference to the sniffing accountant. Oh, yeah, okay. You know how you know you put like two exclamation points. Remember how Kramer? You know yeah, we yeah, reviewed yeah. the episode last week, and Kramer says, you know. You know, Jerry's writing the letter and inscribing yep.
2: you know, it, and then Kramer goes, put two exclamation points. Yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah. You know? Yep. Like to really emphasize it. So yep. it's like,
1: Elaine Badass. I thought it
2: was just to emphasize, like, how much she's blacklisted. That, too. Yes. Yep. But, uh, yes. So, and it's funny, we actually talked about it last week. Huh. <laughs> there you go. What a quinky dink.
1: This is the second and last appearance of actress Vicki Lewis, who played Ada. She also mm. played her in The Secretary, which when we do eventually get to the episode, we'll uh, do an analysis on her. Yep. Uh, the Daily Worker, Stephen, we got a few uh, facts about that.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, We both... Uh, did a bit of research on the <laughs> Yeah, a bit of working. the same thing, really. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're both communists now. Yeah, we are. So this will just be communist propaganda from going forth. Yes. <laughs> and now we need someone to yell and email us
1: back saying, hey, they're spreading propaganda. Diva Basque is a commie <laughs>
2: <laughs> We no longer refer to you as listeners. You are comrades. You are comrades, indeed. <laughs> now get your rations
1: and get out. Yeah. So The Daily Worker, Stephen, published in New York City, uh, they had two headquarters, NYC and Chicago, mm. started by the Communist Party USA. Uh, from nineteen twenty four till fifty eight, mm. and it achieved a maximum circulation at its peak of thirty five thousand readers.
2: That's right. There and in is. the late fifties, mm. it sort of evolved uh, a number of times. Um, I didn't catch all the titles it evolved, but it sort of had a few different iterations and it merged with a couple of other magazines I believe mm-hmm. yes. uh, and it currently still exists in its in its current form as The People's World The People's World oh there you go I didn't see that part. Mm. oh there you go it's still yeah. around yeah ah. so I think it uh, uh, it used to be called The People's World Weekly yeah but they dropped the weekly because they weren't publishing weekly mm-hmm. I think they publish monthly now. and the daily work it literally was daily yeah <laughs> yeah Five. Uh, d- it was like a normal newspaper yeah it was five or six days a week probably even seven days a week yeah, yeah. they
1: even have some um, on the Wikipedia page actually have links to articles yeah. from like 19 tw- I read one a bit from like 1929 there was one about the white terrorist strikes again wow it's to do with like capitalism during mm. the Great Depression or something mm. and you know it was like interesting
2: that it? would have been pretty okay. nerve-wracking being a um, a communist you know, in yes. the during the Great Depression yeah well I mean like I, I would say like more after World War Two, like with McCarthyism and stuff like that would have been mm. you know I mean that was the point to, to blacklist and to out Communists. Oh,
1: so you're, right, you're a communist. You had a good run. What yeah. was it? 70 75, years, 75, 80, 80, 80 years. years. Yeah, we yeah, had a good run. We had a good run.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've still got China and Cuba. Yeah, uh, but... Yeah. Oh, these days, China. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's true. <laughs> 20 <laughs> well, years later. They're a socialist democracy now? Yeah, no. something like that. No, they democracy. Well, they're like communist. economically sort of more capitalist, but yeah. socially and, and whatnot, they're communal. Yeah, communal. Mm.
1: Communal. Communal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's they're, definitely they're a, mix a bit. Of both. He's definitely a bit red. <laughs> well. Red <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, from George Yes, yeah. She's well read. Yeah, certainly well read. Yeah, no, I like that <laughs> That's good, a good pun. line Good line Speaking of communists Why don't we start with uh, Ned Ned Kay. Ned
1: Isakoff Ned Isakoff Played by Todd Kimsey Known for The Perfect Storm And Rules of Engagement Two films that he was in He Stephen, did you know I, I was reading his IMDB page He appeared in three episodes of Jag, the TV show mm-hmm. As three separate characters Wow In 1996, 2000 and 2004 How (laughs)
2: that took a page out of Seinfeld's book yeah I know where they cast the same actor as two or three different characters yeah yeah but over the course
1: of like Eight years. It was in three episodes. Huh. Crazy. Wow. And he sadly passed away in 2016. He was yeah. aged 54. Saw that. Yes.
2: Yeah. So he was actually uh, included in Rolling Stone's 100 Best Seinfeld Characters. Yeah. cool. Yeah. I was actually trying to find out what number he was in. I thought I could find out the list from 100 to 1. Yeah. The only link that I found was Rolling Stone's list. Yeah. It was published originally in 2014. Oh, okay. And it was one of those lists where every page you have to click. Oh, like it's like a slideshow. Yeah. No, no yeah, way. yeah. It those. wasn't just like a, I thought maybe someone had typed out the list Like on the a message blog board. or something yeah. Yeah. yeah Couldn't find it anywhere I'm sure if you go on Reddit they might have like a summary Looked everywhere Yeah even Looked Reddit Looked it. message boards Reddit yeah. All over the place Couldn't uh, find it I'm yeah. sure it's out there somewhere But I got the shits and I gave up
1: Well he's definitely in the top 100
2: Yeah <laughs> He's not in my top 10 or no. 20 But he's top 100 I started cool. clicking I think I got like 199, 99, Yeah. I'm like ah oh, fuck it He's in the 100 somewhere mm-hmm. You know whatever Cool Yeah Um, I thought it was interesting as well that he acted in Hidalgo Go. Underrated film. Oh, okay. Vigo Mortensen. Good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, yep. nice. So, obviously, he's a communist. Yeah, he sure is, He yes. reads The Daily Worker. Communist
1: sympathizer. He doesn't just read it just to try and understand another no. you know, way that's, of thinking. It's actually his, his way of thinking, his Bible. That's, and yeah. he converts. He obviously likes preaching the message of communism. You yep. know, he converts someone as naive as Kramer. hmm <laughs> you know, and Kramer's taken by his literature.
2: Yeah, he's mm. uh, pretty bummed out about the fall of the Soviet Empire.
1: He sure is, yeah, you know, because this was like a couple of years after the fall of the Soviet Union. So, yeah. You know, 1991, no, it wasn't 89 the Berlin Wall went down. Yeah, yep. yeah, 89, 90, yep. yeah. So it's, you know, a few years after. Four or five years. Yeah, he's mm. still pretty bummed about it. You know, it's yeah. It's still, back then, still recent history. It's yeah. recent memory. You know, yeah, so. For
2: sure. You know. So I built a pretty big profile around Ned. Oh, I wow. really liked Ned. So. Cool. Given his age in the mid 90s, he was born, I guess, in the early 60s. I'd say he's about 35. Yeah. Uh, And he, I was going to say, you know, obviously his father was a communist because he was blacklisted. Of Uh, course. And, uh, And you know, he ate at Hop Sings and that was kind of like his lifeline, his savior, if you will. They name names. Yeah, that's right. So I think he grew up around, you know, the communist community in New York City. Mm -hmm. And he obviously was heavily influenced. Yeah. And I don't think he was exposed to sort of any other philosophy or thought. No, it was just that one. Yeah, Yeah. beyond far left sort of communism. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it left a a lasting impression on him. Um, I believe the way he sort of talks about his father, he almost covets him or sort of puts him on a pedestal. Not just, he's my father and I respect him. No, he really puts him up there, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't say anything directly to make him out to be a hero, but just the way he talks about him makes me think that he thinks of him more than just his father which would make me think that maybe his father was sort of like a almost like a folk hero or like a local legend in the communist community in new york city you know maybe he was the leader of their group or i don't know how they organized like how you would categorize their organization but you know he was like a local leader or a community leader yeah um you know and that obviously had a big impression on him as well um I also think that his father and obviously him at a young age, and that sort of reinforced his belief um, in communism. As I said before, they would have suffered pretty heavily under McCarthyism. Yeah. So McCarthy was a senator, I believe, mm-hmm. some mm. sort of politician, okay, who was staunchly anti-communist, and he enacted a bunch of policies um, that basically, uh, you know, ousted communists yeah. in like entertainment and you know any sort of form of public life. Um, and it became known as McCarthyism. It was sort of like, you know, communist panic, if you like. Yeah, okay. You know, like moral panic. Moral panic, Yeah, yeah against communism. Like, you know, they're all going to, you know... Like, if you're a communist, you're obviously a Russian spy. Wouldn't that have been like... We didn't live
1: during the Cold War,
2: of mm. course, but shit, that would have been scary living,
1: like... You know, because apparently I heard that kids would get trained to mm. go under their desks, you know, when a bomb goes off. Yeah. It's like, just hide under your desks, crouch. Yeah.
2: You know, it's like, imagine it's like learning there's, that. A, there's a name for the method. It's like duck and cover or like... Yeah, duck, duck and cover or something duck like and, like that. Yeah. Yeah, something But like imagine,
1: that. like, living for 30 years or 40 years, yeah, thinking living. that, you know, believing the, the propaganda that, you know, the commies will come and kill you and... Yeah. You know, and vice versa for the Russians, too. Yeah. You know?
2: Well, I think that was more about, you know, yeah, it was it was sort of a reaction to communism, but yeah. it was about the constant threat of nuclear war. Exactly. You know, and it was a pretty realistic threat.
1: Which is almost appropriate in these this day and age, yeah, too, especially that's right. North Korea in the US. yeah so. Donnie's got his big button, and uh, yeah. Tim's got his slightly smaller button. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the State of the Union the other day? I listened to all of it,
2: and... Oh. It, Fuck him, he's such uh, an idiot. Uh, yeah. Um, it's all just, just teleprompter bullshit. Oh, uh, he had some good points. He but doesn't but believe you know. a word. He's the most insincere motherfucker <laughs> on the planet. Anyway, <laughs> he t- he's too dumb to believe that stuff. Anyway. anyway <laughs> down with capitalism. Go communism. Go Ned. Yeah, oh, no wonder you <laughs> love this character, Stephen.
1: <laughs> Stephen spreading
2: propaganda. I'm a commie. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen's a commie, everyone. So because he suffered because Ned suffered a lot from discrimination you know growing up and he saw a lot of discrimination against his sort of community I think that made it hard for him to form trusting relationships and I think Elaine is sort of his first girlfriend outside of his community like outside of someone who he didn't know for a long time prior like you know someone directly from his community outside the tribe if you will Um, you know and I think it's sort of his first step outside of the you know, the what is comfortable and what is known to him. So, I think going out with Elaine is a bit of a risk for him that he wanted to take to sort of, I guess, spread his wings. Mm. You know, when it maybe maybe he realized that communism doesn't have all the answers. Maybe mm. he's just trying to search for something more, yeah, more bigger. Yeah, you know, living in a capitalist society, yeah, it'd be pretty hard being a communist. Yeah, definitely, and not just sort of philosophically or ideologically, but just practically. Like, how do you how do you operate in a capitalist world when it sort of represents what you don't believe in.
1: Yeah, and a good it's point is Elaine trying to buy him a shirt. Yeah, and you
2: know usually if someone your partner
1: buys you a shirt, it's like oh thank you. Yeah. You know, it's so nice. Whereas he's like oh I don't want to wear it. Yeah. Probably it's got capitalist. You know because you purchased the shirt from like a corporation from a shop or something from a shop. I don't yeah. wanna I don't want to. I don't want to wear it. Yeah. I'd rather wear these rags. Yeah. Or these olive coloured clothes drab olive drab clothes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does she say? He's like, you know, can't you just be like a successful communist? A success? Can you at least look like one. Or something? Successful communist. Successful communist. What is a successful? communist? I don't
1: think there's ever been a successful communist. Or well, maybe Stalin. Yeah, <laughs> but he was,
2: he was more of a, you know, an authoritarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on.
1: What you got? 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 I was
2: thinking about what sort of communism he would align himself with. Mm -hmm. And I... Marxism? Cultural Marxism. No, no. Marxism, I think, is a bit too generic for him. I think he would be a bit more nuanced. And based on what he says and the fact... I think his original belief would have just been classic you know, Marxism. Mm. But then, over time, maybe in line with his wanting to step outside of the communist community, I think he would have moved into more of a Trotskyist. Okay. And... Leon Trotsky was a communist. Oh, they
1: talk about Trotsky,
2: don't they? Yeah. They reference him. Yeah. Yeah. I think they mentioned him once. Yeah, Trotsky. Who am I? Trotsky <gasps> oh, or what do I look you, like? Trotsky? You, you look like
1: Trotsky. That's right. He's yeah. like,
2: That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Actually that's probably what made me what think What made you think about it. yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah, because Elaine goes, you look like Trotsky.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Trotsky was a politician mm-hmm. in, in Stalinist Russia, Yeah, but he was also critical of mainstream communism. He sort of had his own branch right. of communism that became Trotskyism. Cool. So I think uh, Ned sort of aligned himself with a more nuanced version of, of communism. Cool. So yeah. enough of this propaganda, Steve. <laughs> 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 spreading your communism. <laughs> hey, I'm just talking about Ned. No, you are. Yeah. You are. So overall, you like him? I, yeah, I like him. He's yeah, cool. He's not board. not just for who he is. I just think he's funny. Yeah, yeah. He's he's sort of the highlight of the show, really, for okay, me, yeah, personally.
1: Yeah, he's probably the best secondary character. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say
2: so. I would even say that uh, he's... The best in the episode, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I would even say that his performance is better than, well, maybe not Kramer. Uh, no. No. Actually, yeah, probably just the best secondary, now <laughs> that I think about it. Cool. Did you have anything else about Ned? No, I didn't. That's all I had, really. Okay. You <laughs> had all
1: of the information. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I like Ned. Yeah. Why don't we talk about Duncan? Duncan,
1: played by Don McManus, credited as Don R. McManus for the episode, known for National Treasure
2: in Air Force One. Yes. Yes. He was also in Dexter. Oh, cool. Yeah. Duncan Meyer. Yep. I think he played a killer, Dexter. I think everyone was a killer in Dexter. I
1: think Duncan wanted to be you know, representing the school in athletics. I think he was a good runner. Mm-hmm. I think he was actually like a top runner. Ah. Yeah. Something tells me like he wanted to go to state level. Like in Australia, we've got like state level, national level, yep. district level, you know, different mm-hmm. level. I don't know what it's like in the US. Yeah, But, you know, he wanted to maybe race for his state or maybe eventually become an Olympian, maybe want to go to the Olympics. Yep. I think he was a keen runner back in the day. And then, you know, he won all these races and stuff. You know, he actually mentions he he beat Jerry like three times. Yep. You know,
2: and Jerry was always probably like third, fourth, second, yeah. you know, maybe fifth sometimes, you know. Because in other episodes, Jerry does mention that he's a fast runner. I can't mm. remember what episodes. Yeah. So I think he is a fast runner, but yeah, I don't but think Yeah, but probably not like the best. I think Duncan... I don't think... I think Duncan is number one. I think
1: Duncan's one. the number one. Yeah. Like, he, he was number one in his grade. Jerry's probably two, second, third, maybe. Yeah. Maybe fourth. Up there, but Up not the there, best. but not the best. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, you know, after the false start, Jerry wins and Duncan thinks, hang on, Jerry, I've beaten you three times already. I've seen you run, you're not that great. Yeah. You know, I want to become like an athlete or a a professional athlete, Olympian, whatever. Mm. Why the fuck, why are you taking my glory? Yeah. You know, he's obviously clearly very jealous of Jerry. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, George and everyone backs the story of, oh no, Jerry's just fast. Mm. You know, he just beat you by 10 yards.
2: He's obviously very bitter. Like he's holding on to that bitterness. And
1: I think what happened was he, I think Jerry basically ruined his career, his burgeoning athletics career. I think Duncan said, you know, some guy like Jerry can beat me. How can I be up there with the best? So but he Duncan became like an he, office worker.
2: But Duncan knew
1: that he cheated. So no, he, su- like he, he he suspected he did. He was skeptical. Um. He never said you cheated. He said I don't he think you won the race because right. everyone said, "Oh, because Jerry says he got off to the false start." But mm. when I noticed, no one noticed True. except Duncan. Thought, how could he beat me? I'm number one in the school or in the grade. Right. How can he, who's like second, third, fourth fastest, so beat me by would ten would yards? you okay. know like how does that work
2: so do you think he, yeah. that would have left him a bit disillusioned very disillusioned and I think with running yeah
1: and I think he would have said if I can't beat this hack this third rate runner yep. according to him yep. you know how can I how make a million Olympics how can I compete oh. and then he probably just gave up on his dream right and then he just became an office worker okay like a manager or something
2: yeah I was trying to figure I think, I think
1: that just ruined, I think Jerry ruined his dream wow yeah
2: that's I think a yeah. that's a hot take but I, I think like it is yeah hmm. yeah and I he's like been it. bitter about it ever since. Yeah, he obviously holds on to it, and it mm. all sort of comes back when mm. uh, when he runs into Jerry. Yeah, yeah. In Lois's office. Yeah,
1: it's been like simmering for years. Yep. He's thinking, I could have been in the Olympics by now, or I could have, you know, I could have tried, you know, gone to trials, or I could have done this. Or I could have been an athlete, traveled yeah. the world, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Jerry
2: represents all of his uh, lost dreams,
1: and it's another life that Jerry's ruined, or one of the core four ruined. That's true. It ruined Duncan's life That's inadvertently true. because of a false start.
2: That's true. Yeah. Huh. There you go. I didn't think I would feel sympathy for Duncan. I do
1: feel... I feel sympathy for the guy. Yeah. I feel so bad for him. Because I think he was going to be probably not a top Olympian, but he would have probably made the Olympics. Yeah. You know, when he was like 18, 20. Yep. You know, maybe probably wouldn't have gone all the way, gold medal or whatever, but, mm. you know, he would have done the 100 meters, 200
2: meters. Yeah. Duncan Meyer, that's got a ring to it. Duncan you know, Meyer. He sounds the gold like gold medal goes to Duncan Meyer. He
1: sounds like uh, someone who'd be in like the Atlanta 96 Olympics. It's like, Duncan, Duncan
2: Meyer. Yeah. Yeah representing right. the United States and Atlanta I mean how old was he in, in this episode say 36 probably
1: thirties. oh okay I guess oh maybe, maybe he could have like gone to like Barcelona or, or maybe what was,
2: 88? was 88 was
1: that Los Angeles no 84 was Los Angeles Seoul 88 yeah 88 it was, was Seoul. Seoul I think yeah, yeah. he could have gone to Seoul mm. in 88 mm. even 84 he could have gone to mm. LA
2: true
1: yeah so I think he could have been a potentially very exceptional athlete yep. in on the track 100 mm. metres 200 metres and then because Jerry third rate Second-rate runner beat cheater. him. Cheater. and you, and the, and the the thing that rubs salt into Duncan's wounds is everyone mm. believe that Jerry's faster than him. But Duncan's like, no, I train harder. I've worked harder. I've won more races. He even, like I said, he mentions at the lunch, I've beaten you three times. Yep. You know, I've
2: killed you. So that you know? the fact that no one else believes him, or no one else takes his side, or no no one else even doubts Jerry's mm. ability to win. That's just insult to injury exactly
1: Hmm. maybe that I don't know if they mentioned it in the episode but maybe that run was like a trial for something Okay. So maybe the winner yeah. would have gone on to like the state level or something, mm. and then maybe... Maybe there was like a scout there. A like scout, a, like yeah. Like a talent scout. And then they offered Jerry, and then Jerry probably said, you know, oh, I'm not really keen, or maybe... Well, he said he never raced again. Oh, no, he never raced again, so know, he never raced so again he yeah. Didn't, there was no potential yeah, for him to so, lose. so maybe a scout came, you know, Dick dodged Duncan and went oh. straight to Jerry. You know, like what Jerry does in slow-mo, who pushes a lane and goes to <laughs> Lois. It's yeah. like that. Like the scout pushes Duncan away, huh. goes to Jerry, and then... She goes, oh, Jerry, do you want to come to, you know represent New York, or you know, whatever it is, in like the state championships or whatever. So
2: that race not only made him disillusioned with racing in general, it yeah. also ruined his career, like an opportunity. An opportunity,
1: yeah. Huh? And he probably never, never went back to it. Yeah. He said, "That's it, I'm done." Hmm. You know, that's it.
2: Imagine being that jaded with your passion at what sixteen? Well, Wow. He's probably he' probably been training since he was a kid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that that's my take on Duncan. No, I think that's fucking spot on yeah yeah I was trying to think just a bit off the running yeah what does he do there was nothing in the office like in the opening scene when Jerry is with Lois yeah initially I thought I paused the scene and I was looking for clues as to like maybe like a book or just something on the shelf to Mm. indicate what they do yeah there was nothing clearly like nothing I could make out no I don't know what they were doing yeah I just I just took a stab and I'm like he's a lawyer and she's a clerk oh, she's yeah. a legal clerk probably something like that yeah because he's because he's when he comes in and he sees Jerry
1: he's all dressed up
2: yeah I mean he's dressed in corporate stuff but mm. he's he's got like a little um a tie pin yeah you know which is like sort of high finance yeah or you know like not just some like run of the mill office worker yeah he's got like a tie pin and his shirt and tie look pretty exy so mm-hmm. I think he's like you know high-end high white-collar law firm, yeah. something like that. Gotcha. Probably
1: yeah. something like that. But yeah. that's what he fell back on because his athletics career took a dive. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. That's the way I see it. No, I think that's completely <laughs> on point. That's a good take. There you go. You with the communism and me with the athletics. <laughs> <laughs> We've done well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Shall we take a quick break and then uh, talk about Lois
2: and other secondaries? Let's do it. I thought we might reminisce a little more. You know, Duncan and I were just talking about the day of the big race. Oh, the big race! Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. You were there? Oh, sure, sure, I certainly was. Yeah, I remember that day. Well, I'll never forget it because that that was the day that I uh, lost my virginity to Miss Stafford, the, uh,
0: <laughs> the voluptuous homeroom teacher. Miss Stafford? Yes, yes. You know, I was in detention, and she came up behind me while I was erasing the blackboard. George! George!
2: But I digress. Uh, Let me see. Now, as I remember, you were standing at one end of the line. I was right next to you. And uh, I remember that we were even for, like, the first five yards. And then, boom, boom, you were gone. Did I get a head start? Head start? Oh, no, absolutely not.
0: You're satisfied, so you see? No, I'm still not convinced and I never will be.
1: So, Stephen, we're talking about The Race, Season 6, Episode 10, and uh, we talked about Duncan Meyer, who I feel very sorry for. Yep.
2: And Ned, who you feel sympathy for. Uh, no, I just think he's an interesting fellow. Yeah, he is. Yeah, <laughs> he would be an interesting person to sit down and have a chat with. Like, uh, like Elaine said, he's very well read. Oh, he sure is. Yeah, yeah he's I'm very sure. well read. Read. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. He'd be a very interesting person to have a conversation with. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Next up is Lois, but not Lois Lane, played by Renee Props, known for Get Shorty, Weird Science.
0: Ooh. Another
2: weird science. I think that's three weeks. I think every uh, episode of uh, season three so far has had a weird science. Weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> science. Yes.
1: And she was in <laughs> and she was in Once Upon a Time in Queens. Huh. Don't know what that is. Nope. Yeah, Lois. So, uh, you know, has dark hair like Lois Lane. She has yep. a, some similarities to Lois Lane. Mm. You know, she works in, uh, you know, actually, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think You know how There's a lot of Superman references Yep You know how Lo- Lois and Clark They work at the uh, Daily The Daily Bugle The Daily oh, no, no the Daily Planet The Daily Planet Yeah, yep. yeah. What if Lois Works at a newspaper like okay. if it's a reference yeah because like you she saw like files and stuff or, or, or maybe she's like mm. a clerk or something and maybe Duncan's like An a senior editor
2: or something okay you know if you it's want to poss- go by like the Superman references yeah it's a possibility yeah, yeah. it would add a, it, it. would fit mm. with the whole uh, Superman Lois Lane thing yeah 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 so yeah. maybe we could say
1: instead of being in a law firm she works for like a newspaper okay New York Times New Yorker
2: so you know? are we saying that because Lois Lane is a journalist are mm. we saying that Lois in this episode is a journalist possibly Okay Maybe Or maybe like Duncan's t- an editor Maybe Or someone high up Probably Obviously her boss Probably well, he is her boss
1: Yeah Okay So that's probably the, my take You know if we go yeah. by Superman references No that, that makes sense That makes sense Falls yeah. in line um, I think that she's a very arty person Outside of work I think you know With her style I think she probably enjoys Sculpting Or painting Or I think she's got a very bit of A creative streak Okay When I see her yeah. She looks like a very arty kind of person just by what she wears, yeah, or? her haircut, you know, her kind of clothes. I don't know. I just see her as kind of like an arty person. Okay, that's just my take.
2: Right. What do you think? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't think of that, but mm. now that I do, yeah, yeah, she's Ob- got a slightly quirky haircut and style, I guess. Mm. Yeah, a bit less conventional than a lot of other Jerry's girlfriends. Yeah, a lot of other of Jerry's girlfriends. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, I noticed she's very um like responsive to success or like turn, almost turned on by success. By success, exactly. Especially yeah. with the legend of Jerry. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. When, like you know when she gets in the car and um, she just turns around and says, why did you cheat in that race? And Jerry protests and he goes, I didn't cheat, you know, whatever he says. And she goes, so you really are the fastest. Like I think she admires people who are the best at whatever they are the but, best at.
1: But remember, she's kind of like a
2: semi-caricature of Lois Lane. Mm. So Lois Lane probably would have... But Lois Lane's like a pretty strong, independent... Like, she's in love with Superman. Clark. Oh, Superman. Yeah. yeah not Clark. No. Per se. She's... Clark's in the friend zone. Yeah. So Lois. It's
1: like Clark wears glasses. Yeah. I can't tell the difference no. between Superman. Uh, You're Superman? Yeah. What?
2: Yeah. The glasses. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. But it looks exactly the same. Yeah. Fit. Dark hair. Yep. So yeah. Glasses. Okay. Pretty deceptive. Whoa. Very... Pretty deceptive. Indeed. Uh, Yeah, so I... I, I think she's a bit different to Lois Lane as a person, like her, her character. But they made her um, out
1: to be like a bit of like a damsel in distress.
2: Yeah, you know, a bit. Yeah. Whereas Lois is more of a not a femme fatale, but more of a. She's a stronger woman. Stronger woman. She's yeah. a bit more of a stronger, independent sort of woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I yeah. When you say damsel in distress, I wouldn't go that far. But no, no, she, that's probably she, a bit much. She um, I think she really relies on stronger. I guess companions yeah like she's really into Duncan when she thinks that Duncan is the fastest yeah and when Jerry says no no I'm the fastest she sort of you know she likes being she sort of likes being attached to or involved with you know the sort of alpha
1: of the group faster than a speeding
2: bullet Lewis yeah yeah <laughs> I think she just admires you know people who are at the top of whatever they're at the top
1: of and I think Duncan has probably relayed this story to her so many times mm. she's heard it like a hundred times yep and then suddenly the supposed Jerry in the stories is real
2: now that's true you know and then she goes you're
1: the guy who, who beat Duncan in the race
2: well no no because you know when uh, Duncan turns up she goes you two know each other I don't think I don't think oh, Duncan's mentioned oh, oh Duncan's mentioned Jerry oh, oh, no, I right. don't think oh so. yeah no and and you're, you're right think, and you're right and do you think Duncan would recount his shame if, well. it, if it was so hard on him if we go by my story yeah I guess so no but wouldn't he want to keep like that was so oh hard yeah yeah him. he'd want to keep it quiet yeah, yeah. not out of it, it, not out of it, shame it, it's but a career shattering
1: moment yeah like yeah. he just wouldn't want
2: to relive that yeah pain. that's
1: true yeah that's why he hides behind his editing job <laughs> yeah yeah that's
2: true mm-hmm. yeah um, good point I did notice that when uh, you know when George comes in and pretends to be a millionaire architect that's right you know, they what, do what's say, a whole issue canvas Yeah, I like to mix with the people Yeah, <laughs> she like you know George is obviously talking to Jerry and Duncan and they're reminiscing about high school and she says "Oh, what do you do and he says oh, I'm an architect you know naturally the next question is what you know have you done any buildings oh the new
1: extension the Guggenheim, Guggenheim yeah. that was you
2: yeah <laughs> The only time she like shows true interest in what he's saying is when he says that he's a millionaire.
1: So she likes dominant. Successful
2: I think she just men. like six. I wouldn't say dominant. Successful six, just men. successful men. Yeah, okay. men who are successful at whatever they do. Yeah, and that made me think she's kind of like the opposite of Ned. Like, yeah, she, she's a bit more capitalist. Maybe shallow capitalist. Yeah, yeah, Ned, right. You know, Ned and she's Jerry's girlfriend. And uh, Ned is Elaine's boyfriend in the show, mm. and he's yep. not like that. So they're sort of—I don't know whether that's deliberate, like whether they were supposed to be like opposing sort of forces in the episode. True, true. You know, but he's a communist; <laughs> she's a bit more of a capitalist. Yeah, they yeah. They kind of equal each, even though they don't have any scenes together. They kind of equal each other. They out. do, don't they? They're yeah. like yin and yang, aren't they? Yeah. yeah now I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I said my base in my notes. It's she's uh, the anti Ned. Anti Ned. Not not okay. not as yeah. There's not a not as much of her in the episode as Ned. But yeah, I think she's. That was sort of maybe a deliberate thing in the writer's room. And I, I love know. how Jerry's like Superman, Duncan's Lex Luthor. Yep. And Lois is Lois. Yeah. I was listening to a signcast, the American Sign for oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. listening to this episode. Hey, guys, if you listen. Yeah. <laughs> and they were talking about, um, uh, like, if Jerry is Superman, who would be his Lex Luthor? Duncan. And well, in the whole series, it would be Newman. Oh, it would be Newman. It'd be New- yeah, 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 yeah. whole series, yeah. Yeah. And right. then they were like, well, who would Duncan be? like you know as a, as like a and they were like he could be Zod or like, oh yeah
1: that's the only other and then you've got Bizarro Superman Bizarro Jerry that's true Heaven,
2: that's true from uh, is Bizarro Je- uh,
1: Superman a villain I think he is yes okay I think Lex Luthor I think we talked about this in the Bizarro Jerry episode I think right. he's created by Lex Luthor oh. and he looks like Superman mm. and he kind of resembles him right yeah but just a bit off yeah okay Bizarro. Right. So I never y-
2: really read much DC. No, that's I that was okay. more of a Marvel, Marvel guy. That's right. Actually, I watched Logan the other day. So
1: good. Oh, my God. I can't believe Hugh Jackman wasn't nominated for an Oscar. No. Incredible performance. So good. Incredible. I can't believe the movie wasn't nominated. It's so good. The movie
2: should have gotten an it's a, Academy Award it's nomination. Like, it's like a good Western film.
1: I know. It didn't even feel like a superhero
2: movie. Not at all. And it was violent and gory as fuck. It's totally. But it was great. Like when he sticks his claws up in the head. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rips heads
1: off and shit yeah
2: and what's the the young girl's name uh, Laura Laura Laura. I think it's Laura she's a total badass man she's a total fucking weapon spoiler alert Mm. Professor Xavier
1: yeah and and Wolverine
2: it's gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen good one Jerry yeah, thanks, telling, Jerry. Telling, telling, telling you no, to hang up the boots, hang up the claws. Hang up the claws. Thanks, Jerry. I think it was time, though. Yeah. It did look old. I mean, when you watch him in... He started in 97, so he'd been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. If you watch... I mean, he would have been mid-30s. Now he's in his 50s. Yeah. Like, physically, he could still do it, but, but, you know, like, Wolverine doesn't age. No, no. You know, he lives... He's immortal, basically. Yeah. So, his age significantly as an actor. But they made it so he was poisoned. Yeah. That's how he died. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm. No, but yeah, Logan is oh, phenomenal. so good. It's like a Western, you're right. Totally. Phenomenal. Yeah, and just really bleak and ah oh, so good. Yeah, I know. It's fabulous. Yep. Uh, who else have we got? Let's talk about Mr. Bevel Yeah. The gym teacher. He was played by, <laughs> yeah, Claude L. Jones. Claude L. Jones. Not, not related to James. No, James, yeah. Yep. He was known my for Miracle. My son Simba. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just remember him. I your father. <laughs> I just remember him from uh, Field of Dreams. Oh, James Earl Jones. Yeah. <laughs> nice. He's like the, uh, the disgruntled rider. You know, he's like a hermit.
1: Nice. Yeah. I remember um, him in Conan the Barbarian. He plays yeah, the main evil guy. That's right. And he goes, hello, my son. That's right. You know, he calls
2: Conan my son. You yeah. oh,
1: like my son. Build
2: it. Oh God. yeah 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 so Claude L Jones uh, was known for Miracle Mile never heard of it no. I want to hold your hand other than the Beatles song don't know it
1: no, 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 and
2: no. reanimated too no idea okay cool. He was Jerry and George's gym teacher. yeah he's still the gym teacher yep and the only thing I have other than that is he doesn't really know much about starter guns Not really no <laughs> you think being yeah. a being a gym teacher he would have used many starter guns in his time. And he would know the difference between a starter gun going off and a car exhaust going off. But he looks at the starter gun like, "What?" Huh? I think he's a bit hearing impaired. Ah,
1: I think yeah. you know when you know when he was younger, when Jerry won the race, that was just a false start. Yep. And yeah, you know, no one noticed anything for some reason. No mm. one noticed the false start. Mm. But then you know he hears the gun and he sees Jerry go and then Duncan follow. He's probably thinking, "Maybe I did fire the gun." Yeah. But you would have seen like smoke or something come out of the yeah. gun. Yeah. And you would have, he would have felt it. Like yeah. It would I know. Kickback. Which is weird. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how how he didn't figure that one out. I don't know. I thought he was deaf. Yeah. You know,
2: he just saw people run and thought, oh, trip. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll like hearing it. impaired
1: or something. Yeah, yeah that's that? true.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Other than that, I don't have anything else about uh, Mr. Bavalaqua. Cool. Uh, we've also got some notes on Arlene. Oh, you don't? Do you <laughs> no, have any more not notes really. on anyone? No. So we've got Arlene, who is the mother, Elaine's friend. Yeah. she's played by Denise Poirier. Poirier. Yep. So she was known for... Roles in Aeon Flux. Ah, oh, cool. Yep. Fraser. Ah, oh, nice. And Murphy Brown. Cool. Top notch. Uh,
1: I hear Murphy Brown's making a comeback. Really? They're reviving the series. Oh, I love Murphy. They're doing Murphy Brown in the age of social media. Huh. Candace Bergen is repri- reprising the role. Oh, man, I love Murphy. Yeah, Brown. I read that online. I was like, whoa, Murphy Brown. It's Fucking coming back. I love Murphy Brown. With Candace.
2: Yeah. She's in. Well, without her, she is yeah, She is Brown. Murphy Brown. Maybe would be like Jerry Seinfeld. Is Jerry appearing? No. I hope Michael Richards
1: makes a cameo. Yeah. Like he did in uh, that, that The Keys. That would be cool. <laughs> he's like typing away. Yeah. He's like, Kramer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a crossover episode. It's like actually Kramer. Oh, when he's would be like cool. And a with Mad about you. Yeah. Oh, with Paul Reiser. He's yeah. <laughs> From Stranger Things. He's still got his doctor's <laughs> outfit on. He's yeah. like,
2: oh, am I in the right scene? <laughs> oh, just too many crossovers happening yeah it's Like, oh. I don't know (laughs) yeah Uh, the only thing I have on Arlene is that uh, she is a mother to a kid who doesn't like communists and I think she doesn't like I think he is the reason why he doesn't like communists she is the reason why he doesn't like communists she is very anti-communist cool yep well she's capitalist that's it typical yep so the kid uh, he's only credited as the kid but what do we call him the capitalist I'm calling
1: kid? him he's spreading propaganda kid spreading propaganda just kid. the way he says it he's spreading propaganda <laughs> it's one of my favourite lines in the episode yeah it's pretty uh, good the he's a kami he's a kami Spencer Klein his name was that's right Yeah. so he was
2: in Jingle All The Way oh. Hey Arnold was well, he the kid uh, in Jingle All The Way I'm not sure ah, it's probably I don't the kid. know I don't know okay uh, he seems to know a lot about communism. He does. Like obviously you know, from his mother. Yeah. Yeah. So someone, you know, Kramer only says like a few communisty sort of lines and he knows straight away he's like, You're a communist, so he's, he's smart or he just yeah, he's heavily influenced uh, by his mum. How old do you think the kid is? Eight? Nine? Yeah, seven, eight.
0: Hmm.
1: because yeah. I was gonna say, say, because maybe like at the tail end of the cold war there was still that communist propaganda, but
2: I think he mm. would have been too young to remember that. Yeah. Would have been a baby. Yeah. I don't so. think he even knows why he dislikes communists yeah. I think it's just it's probably parents. from his mother maybe yeah. her mother you know, lived through the Cold
1: War true. as a kid yep. and grew up duck, learning duck and cover and stuff so mm. she probably passed it on saying don't be a communist That's don't true. believe them yeah. I yep. think that's
2: what it is the last thing I have about the kid is that he's a bit of a shit he is a bit but bit he a, makes a good point bit of a turd because Santa's
1: like Kramer's like you don't need those toys they're made by kids in Taiwan your yep. age and they, these capitalist fat cats yeah these fat <laughs> what? cats what what <laughs> He's pretty propaganda. Santa's a kami. You're a kami.
2: Gr- I loved him. He's yeah. a great, no, he great is cool. character. I like him. Great kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. Uh,
2: the only other character I have, or well, the only other character that was on the show, on the episode, was Lou. Martin Chow. That's right. So he was in Good Luck Charlie, Bones, and Luna Butterflies. Don't cool. know any of those. Cool. Um, I, I mentioned to you previously, but you made
1: a good point before we started recording. Mm. He reminded me of Mickey Rooney's character in Breakfast at Tiffany's. but You yeah. made a good point saying he's actually a Chinese person. Yeah. And he does the accent, so it's not as cringy.
2: Well, I mean, it is I, like it's still cringy. The accent though, it's still it's, a bit, it's cringy. You couldn't do that today. Well, could it? I don't know. Could it? Could a person of that nationality? Can they be like? a stereotype of themselves I don't if know they, but I think people would take it as like a stereotype of Chinese people but if it's a Chinese person is that I don't know it, I know what you mean yeah. but I I don't know whether it would be as problematic if it was a person of that nationality yeah, doing, the, doing, the, like, doing a that. Yeah. like a parody or like a like a stereotypical version of their own race yeah I don't know I don't know I just yeah. think it'd still be a bit of uproar it is, it is cringy for yeah. sure yeah. and it is over the top um, and it does remind you of like you know Bygone things that should remain in by the past. Please, <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I couldn't tell. Do you think he just works for Hopsings or he owns Hopsings? Because he seems to have a lot of power. He delivers. He, he does deliveries though. But he can just blacklist people straight away. Like that's He must that's be the owner.
1: It must be a small Chinese place. Yeah, a small restaurant. Yep. And he does everything. Yeah, maybe. And he, I think he lives I think the restaurant's nearby. Yeah, he is. I think the restaurant's nearby. Yeah, you know, and he probably just walks over to the apartment. Yeah, maybe he lives in the area. He's yep. like, "Oh, I'm going to do one drop off before I head off." Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, I because Hop Sings was, I guess, considered like a bit of a bastion of local communism. Like, uh, like Ned's father went there. Yeah. You know, and that was sort of his saving grace. That's That, right. that kept him sort of going. Ironic, his isn't it? Up. Yeah, I think uh, that Lou was maybe uh you know a former communist in uh maoist
1: oh china yeah china
2: Yeah, yeah cool and you know he emigrated or escaped or you know somehow made his way to the u.s yeah and he i think he believes in the philosophy of communism but not the oppressive form that was in china at the time sure you know so he likes the idea of it but in america even though they're not very friendly to communists yeah he wasn't living in an oppressive environment, so he could practice it a bit more freely, but in a more private, personal way. Yeah. So I think he's a communist sympathizer, okay, or a practitioner, but just on a like more low-key, private sort of level. And that's why you know he was part of the communist community in uh, New York. Yeah. And that's why Ned's father, you know, came there and to seek his, refuge. Yeah. 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 Yeah so and he also and he also wears drab clothing as well (laughs) he does and as as we know that's that's the that's the short tail sign of a communist of a communist yeah yeah. look at my drab clothes (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah Uh, the only other uh, characters that mention the classic me unseen characters of course so the track teacher who called Jerry's parents yeah um Natalie, who's George's communist, yeah. Isn't it funny that yeah. you
1: know you never see her? Yeah, isn't there's no weird? real payoff
0: yeah. to the joke.
1: I, know, I thought you, you would have seen her, and she would have worn like drab. Like it would have been cool if she came into the shot and she yeah. wore like drab clothes. Yeah, you know that would have been funny.
2: Yeah, that would have been that a would funny have been little interesting scene. Interesting to have if her if in like, like, one scene. Yeah, yeah, or even if yeah. like because you know how George takes the phone call, and is it Ada his secretary? Yeah, yeah. Natalie the, Natalie's secretary. on the phone yeah, yeah. from the daily, the daily worker, worker. You know she's a bit sus. Yeah. And then she overhears George, like, pretending to be a communist. He's like, you know, I'm causing dissent, you know, taking the system down from the inside. she's, like, looking at him, like, what the hell? Word around the (laughs) office is that you're a communist. (laughs) And it works in his favor. Like, whatever George does wrong, it just works out for for his own favor. Yeah, it would have been, like, a funny little scene. Like, just maybe it was part of the original script where, like, where... um. Natalie comes along and they like go on a date or something. Yeah. That would have been a cool like little side plot.
1: Or maybe if Natalie turned up at the restaurant or monks mm. to see Duncan and Lois and Jerry. That's true. So this is
2: Natalie. Yep. She's a communist. Yeah, <laughs> he's a big communist. Big big, a, communist. big communist. She's a big. She's a successful communist. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the only other unseen character is Miss Stafford, the voluptuous home teacher. That Miss George, Stafford that George apparently sleeps with. Allegedly. Yeah. does well, He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He's a liar. And that's all
1: the secondaries for the week. That is for The Race Season 6, Episode 10. The question is, after this break, where does the race sit in our top 34 episodes overall? <laughs> it's an ever-growing list. That number just gets bigger and bigger every time. Yep. And the most important one, out of all the secondaries we spoke about for the race, do any of them turn up in our 10 or our 20 of all time? You will find out. This is been <laughs>
2: So, we're at the uh, stage of our podcast where we talk about our two ever-changing lists. Yes,
1: the last 20 metres of the 100 metre dash. That's right. Where you put the, the home all, stretch. The home stretch, all the effort in. You put the chest out. You stick your tongue out. You stick your nose out, you know, because that could be the difference between gold and silver. That's right. You know, like...
2: Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's ever won by a tongue. By like, a tongue. <laughs> sticking their tongue out forward. I wouldn't want to know. No. I just. Be, if someone did that to me, I'd be like, you win, mate. I'll just take the silver. It's I, all good. I used
1: to love when Usain Bolt used to kick everyone's ass. Yeah. And then he'd do like a pose like as he's going on the line. He yep. does like a pose. Yeah. He's like,
2: duh. He's just like, I'm so much better than you.
1: Yeah, he beats everyone by like 20 meters and he's yep. like, yeah. I reckon cool. Matt
2: Shervington would have been a better runner if it wasn't for his generous package. Did you do you remember Matt Shervington? Yeah. What about him? Package? There was there was a rumour, at like if you ever watch him in slow. That vision, he was well hung. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that you know, held him back. <laughs> he could have tied it up or something, you know. Well, it's still the same weight. True. It's all about weight. It's all about weight. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Apparently that was a thing. There you go. Yep. Good on you, Matt.
1: Yep. Good on you, Matt. <laughs> all right, Steve. So <laughs> so out of so we've reviewed so far thirty four episodes of Seinfeld and the secondary characters. Where does the
2: race sit? so it's not in my top 10 no uh, it is in my top 20 yeah so I'll go from what fuck it I'll go from 20 to 1 alright so 20 we've got the muffin tops yeah then there was Jerry the old man the library the millennium the smelly car the race coming in at number 14 oh close to mine yep close to mine to where I am yeah and then we've got the robbery the outing the shoes the mango and then the top uh, sorry uh, the shoes and then the top 10 are the mango the subway the apartment the pony remark the baby shower The Stakeout The Limo Last week's episode The Sniffing Accountant Yeah The movie Which we did uh, with Stace Towards the end of season 2 Yeah that's right And she will be joining us In the near future Very good Can't wait Yep And then uh, number 1 Is The Pen
1: Cool What about you? Celente Out of 34 episodes Number 15 for the race Okay Yeah so pretty close to yours Halfway Yeah indeed Uh, I won't read all the 20 Uh, Top 10 From number 10, The Limo, The Movie, The Sniffing Accountant from last week is number 8, Pony Remark, The Hamptons, Bizarro Jerry, Soup Nazi, Puffy Shirt, Outing, Mango Very good. is number one. And do
2: any of the uh, characters appear in your top 10 or top 20? Now, none make my top 10, but one makes their debut in the top 20. You said in the car on the way over that it would be a weird character. Can I guess? uh, After we've done the episode? No. Oh, no, you can. Go for it. Is it the kid? Yep.
1: He's spreading propaganda.
2: He's <laughs> number 18. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think, like, seeing him in that scene, he's just so good. And I love how he just calls that Kramer. Yeah. And he's definitely, like, anti commie. <laughs> but it's amazing coming from, like, an eight year old kid. Yeah. You wouldn't think an eight year old. Or would Mickey, have these Mickey's ideas. reaction is kind of on point, where he's like,
2: "Where did a nice little boy like you, like you learn a bad, word, word, a bad like word like that?" Like yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. He's spreading propaganda. I love when he says that line. Yeah, he's spreading propaganda. The way he says it. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, number
2: eighteen in okay. my top twenty. Cool.
1: Yeah. So he gets a mention.
2: <laughs> nice one. You? Uh, no, none appeared in my top ten. Uh, I didn't think about whether any would appear in my top twenty, but I think Ned would. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Where would he be in your twenty? Uh. Well, number eleven is Barry, the sniffing count from last week. Yeah. So probably fourteen, fifteen. Okay. Cool. Around there.
1: At least he's in your top one hundred. Yeah. <laughs> like
2: Rolling Stone. That's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeldisms I
2: have none this week neither yeah. do I oh, it's a shame I think this is the first week in a long time probably ever when neither of us have a Seinfeldism yeah.
1: get in touch with us on socials at Bidwabask if you have any Seinfeldisms of your own yeah <laughs> fill, email fill us. our void yeah email us bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com if you have any or just yeah go on our website and leave a message and Let us know any Seinfeldisms in your life, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That was a quick segment. That's it. So no Seinfeldisms, but we do have Seinfeldia. We sure do. Every week we have a nice, fun little trivia fact about the show. And uh, Stephen here's got a nice big desktop calendar for the next 365 days. Well, from January 1 to December 31 of this year, I should say next 334 days yeah some of like that yep so we read the trivia we, we don't see it before we record we we literally open it as soon as we're about to read it so Stephen what do you have for Thursday the 1st of February we are recording a bit late but uh, yeah usually we get like Tuesday's trivia yep yeah so we're recording on a Thursday what do you have 1st of Feb
2: so for off-site episodes like The Parking Garage director Tom Sharones and the producers devised an innovative system wherein they showed tapes of the location footage to the week's Sorry, to the next week's studio audience To record live Quote-unquote live laughs
1: Ah, okay, cool
2: They'd act out some sequences And show others on tape In the sequence in which they would appear In the final cut Okay Other times, if there was a car scene for instance The actors would shoot it away from the audience For the final cut but then reenacted on stage for the crowd, sitting in chairs and pretending to be in the car. Oh wow, that's like cool. a little play for the live viewers. Oh no, I didn't know that. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. That makes sense. That makes perfect you need, sense. you need to get the canned laughter for the scenes that aren't on set.
1: Exactly. It'd be weird if you just inserted some generic canned laughter. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like what? Yeah oh I'm sore <laughs> like, that'd yep. be
2: weird have you I think I've talked about this before but you go on YouTube and you watch like people have removed the the, the canned laughter. laughter yeah from, <gasps> I've seen from the ones
1: from like the Big Bang Theory and stuff yep. and it's like so
2: shit it's so weird <laughs> it's bad they make they say a line they're like blah 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 blah, blah and then blah. there's like
1: two seconds of pause, yeah, and then suddenly, yeah, yeah, it's weird, yeah, but it's good because you look at it and it's like the joke's not even funny. No, it doesn't deserve laughs, no. especially only, Big Bang Theory. You're only that.
2: laughing sympathetically, yeah, because like, everyone mm. else is laughing. Okay, yeah. So before we wrap up uh, Bidwabask for another week, we have a live show. Yes, our fiftieth ever episode of Bidwabask. That's right. So on March 18th this year <laughs> in Melbourne, uh, that is a Sunday. That's right. We are doing a live episode. We are talking about the contest the secondary characters from the contest
1: yes and it is as Stephen said at George's Bar in Fitzroy details are on our Facebook page so go to our Facebook page BIDWBASC B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C and find the event and uh, click interested or going that'd be great
2: yeah so it kicks off around 6.30pm it's free entry uh, George's bar have food, drinks, all of your, yeah. your all of your needs. Indeed, we're just going to be performing uh, on stage, I guess. I guess, yeah, and that will be our fiftieth episode, which we'll release. Uh, you know, when it's time to happen. And in I case think we we'll release it the week after, uh, we as will a podcast.
1: as a podcast. But we will be live streaming it on YouTube. That's uh, right. We have a YouTube channel. Just find us at Midwir yep. YouTube dot com slash people basque yep i think yeah. and uh yeah we'll, we'll be live streaming it as well so if you can't obviously you're not in melbourne or you can't make it to the event we'll be uh, online so check us out if you want to watch us live
2: yeah we'll post all the details especially for our international listeners a bit close to the date like, yeah you know maybe in march leading up to the event yeah so if you want to uh you know tune in you can i did check the
1: times in new york and la it's going to mm. be like 2 30 in the morning in new york at night Might have some dedicated fans Mm, But it is I think on a Saturday night Mm. So you know if you're up late Saturday night you got nothing to do Yeah Check out our live stream
2: Yep Uh, Even if you don't check out the live stream, as I said, it will be released as a normal podcast the week after or maybe two weeks after. I can't remember how it lines up. Yeah. Um, And that'll be our 50th episode of the show. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, George's Bar, March 18. If you can come along, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, It's not a big venue, so we don't expect a huge crowd. But, um, yeah, if you want to turn up and hang out and watch us do our thing live, that would be amazing. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see heaps of you. Yeah. uh, See how we go. See how we go. Yeah cool alright uh, that's another week of. but I don't want to be a secondary character and uh, yeah thanks again for listening thanks for listening uh, next week should be pretty good we got another episode lined up for you what are we doing I don't know fuck <laughs> what are we doing what are we doing I filled out we've got a little spreadsheet that we fill out to um, plan the episodes and I
1: I filled it out
2: I can't remember that's okay yeah it'll be there we'll yeah, you'll find you'll <laughs> we'll find that next week. We'll make it
1: a surprise. Yeah, you'll find that next week. And next week we'll be also doing a B podcast, uh, a review of Jerry's two thousand and two documentary, a HBO special,
2: comedian. That's right. We were supposed to do it a little while ago, but uh, yeah, we just haven't gotten around to it. But we will be doing it next week, so we'll release that. Uh, I guess at the same time yeah you'll have two for your ears for that's that right yep. two episodes yep I think this is our third review I think
1: third ever movie review yeah, yeah Jerry yep.
2: Before Seinfeld and B movie B movie never uh, again nope fuck that nope <laughs> yes so uh, thanks again for listening and uh, yeah if you want to listen to but I don't want to be a secondary character uh, we're available on iTunes wherever else you get your podcasts if you want to leave us a review that would be amazing that would be uh, you can get in touch with us via email bidwabastpodcast at gmail.com uh, on social media our handle is at Bidwobask and we've got a website too Bidwobask.com
1: yeah thanks heaps my name's Ivan I'm Stephen we'll see you next
2: week catch ya